AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yo. Yo, I wanna rock right now I'm Dope Knife and I got my style I'm so nice and they like my smile Don't touch my hair cause I got my crown I'm not internationally known but I ought to be I know all about a gram, you should follow me Or I'll stay down under like wallabies Dope Knife so sharp, cut an artery I'm creeping through the window, cute and stupid Baby girl, I'm a himbo, might just grow the dreads out Let the wind blow, voice and beat, the shit meets a crescendo Now, I be rapping till I be a goner Ooh, I don't care, I'm doing what I wanna Ah, smoking on a bunch of marijuana Got about a truck, you would think I was a farmer Dope. Hey! Hey! What's good, people? I'm Dope Knife. I'm Lingo Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. Heard that shit up, bruh. So how you doing? I'm great. I've been thriving. I've been on vacation. We were on summer recess from the commission for about a month. Mm. Um, and so I've just been chilling super hard. It took me like <laughs> the first two weeks to even begin to relax, like... I was like constantly like I need to be checking my email and like just like bugging out every day. Did you day. watch any movies or anything? No, I don't even know what I've, I've slept. I've just take, taken like very long naps. This is the only thing I've done with this time. Oh, word, um, word. and journal. And actually, okay, let's. I so my second album is now done. Okay, got that word. Done. That's what's up. So that's, that's not that's not nothing. Yeah. So um, he's got a little feature from our boy Dove Knife. Oh, word, on, word. on there, yeah. So, um, so yeah, just been like jamming that to make sure it's ready for the world. I don't know when it's coming out or anything, but like, but at um, least it's done. That's it's the, done. The, that feels the great. whole thing yeah. is the whole thing is is like you definitely should spend as much time, you know. What I mean, put like thinking about putting it out as you spent into making it. So you're good. Oh, totally. Yeah, you know it's probably not gonna come out till next year, um, but. Just like final tweaks, because like it's funny, because my first album, literally, like I got it like mixed and everything, and like they sent it to me, and I refused to listen to it for like a month and a half. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, do you have any notes?" And like I just couldn't. You know how you kind of hate the sound of your own voice. Yeah, especially when yeah, you first I, start. Yeah. Oh, I uh, yeah, I I refuse. I, like I, I think I ultimately was like. Yeah, it sounds great. And I, like, never even listened to, like, the final version of it. I was just like, sure, let's do it. Because I just couldn't bring myself to. Yeah. But with this one, I'm actually really excited about it. Uh, I Yeah, I think I'm actually really proud of it. So I've been listening to it. So I'm just doing like, minor tweaks here and there. But also just like, man, I'm really excited about this, <laughs> you guys. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But, yeah, how you been? Uh, I've been good, Joe. Um, I'm kind of doing the same thing. Like, I recorded... A bunch of songs like months ago you guys might remember there was like a point a few months ago where i was like hey yo i've been recording a bunch of shit 
So I kind of went through all of that stuff and picked out like the best joints. And then like I, I wrote like four more new ones. So I'm putting that together to put the final touches on my album to get ready. So I'm doing that. And then, um, oh, I'm opening for uh, Afro Man August 11th. Oh, shit. That's in, fucking awesome. In Savannah, Victory That's North. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely mention it more as the time gets close. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Bring, you, bring your Visine, yo. Bring your Visine. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Does that <laughs> man have new, does he have new music? Is he still making, making music? You know, I don't know. Um... But I'm about to go brush up and right. like I, I'm only a casual Afro, Afro Man fan to to begin with. But like when they when they came to me with the you know the you know pairing for it, like yo, do you want to do this? I was oh, like, oh wait, yeah. dope knife Afro Man. That, that oh sounds, god, yeah, yeah people gonna be high as right. hell. <laughs> Who got the props? It's just like six bottles of Visine up on the stage, and uh, yeah, amazing. Well, that's dope. That's dope. So what we got today? So today, in honor of um, National Crown Day, which is on July 3rd, which was a day of action on social media, where predominantly black women uh, were posting pictures of themselves with the hashtag Crown Act to draw attention to a piece of federal legislation, uh, the Crown Act, which stands for Creating a Respectful and Open World for Natural Hair. Um, It's an act that is meant to prohibit uh, discrimination based on a person's hair texture or hairstyle. So in honor of, um, of this day of action that happened recently, um, we were going to talk a little bit about, you know, the, uh, the importance of, of, of hair and with regards to um, our sense of racial identity, discrimination folks have faced historically as an offshoot of racial discrimination, particularly, you know, surrounding um, hairstyles, both natural. And this one case we found where this girl got kicked out of school for a weave. It's like, what do you want us to do? Natural hairstyles. You don't like the natural <laughs> hair. You don't like it when we have a weave. I don't understand what you, what you, what you want me to do. Um, and then touch on how this has been addressed in hip hop. That's kind of what we got going on today. So um, as a man, you, you got, I mean, like, you, you keep it keep it pretty close, pretty tight over there. I don't know if you have any, like, personal reflections to share on the world of, <laughs> the world of hair, sir, but... Well, I mean, I definitely, like, for the last, shit, I don't know how many years, but to be honest with you, the more that I was getting serious about yeah. what I was trying to do... I just stopped paying attention to my hair and I was just went with whatever was easiest, which is just shaving it like every three days or so. But when I was younger, I definitely did more interesting oh, shit. Oh, yo, if you have any pictures, we got to post that shit on Instagram. Oh, definitely. Us. Yeah, I'm going to grab one right now. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, all right. We'll but, post um, it on Instagram, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess this is going to be somewhat of a, a informative episode for me too to hear about some of these things because it's like you know i've always considered anyone's being denied service for their hairstyle or something like that that's illegal and i think it's whack and we probably need legislation if they're like discriminating against kids in schools and stuff like that but just just thinking back to working in service industry i kind of understood in a sense because i had worked for different places that had different policies you know what i mean like some places I was bartending, and it's like it's all about hey, we want people to come to this place for you, for it's who like whatever, you are, who yeah. you are. So whatever you have that's gonna be like an identifier to you, go ahead and rock it. So you got mad tattoos, you want to do whatever with your hair, go ahead and do it. But then I've worked at other spots where it's like no, it's it's about the ambiance and the blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you have tattoos, cover them up, and if you're if you're if there's if your hair is doing anything that is attracting attention. Check that shit. Sure, they want you to. They want you to pretty much not exist. Exactly, and this is completely anecdotal. But like, just in the particular place that I worked, it was like, for the most part, it was really like the kids coming, the white kids coming in with like aqua green and purple hair. That they were like, no, you can't do that. But they left us alone (laughs) for the most part. I mean, like, like people who had dreads. I just told you that are like to tie it up so that it's not dangling and shit. But other than that, you know what I mean. But again, that's just one experience and you know, like one thing. But obviously, I've heard like the stories and and all that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm interested to hear more about this Crown Act. I mean, and on that, I think one area where particularly within employment. It's like uh, uh, it's like easy. It's easy for employers to get away with discrimination when they exactly they, they, they claim like issues of hygiene because mm-hmm. they don't understand something like dreadlocks or something like an afro to them because of the way um, um, 
you know, black folk, folks have been perceived historically as just like inherently dirty. Yeah. They sort of then transferred that like understanding projection onto, projection the, onto yeah. your hair when they don't understand anything about like maintenance or this or that. And so like, you know, in and um in we I actually tried to bring forward or an amendment to a piece of legislation here in Athens to protect against hair discrimination in our non-discrimination ordinance. And we are talking about like, oh, well, you know, if it's uh, your natural hairstyle, um, if white, black, whoever, like they can't discriminate against it. But it's like, okay, but both me and this other white commissioner technically have our hair down right now. She's this old white lady with like long, you know, gray hair and I got an afro out. Like if they tell me to put mine up because it's a sanitation issue, but they don't tell her to put it up, like yeah. we're both wearing we're both wearing our hair natural. So like it does so just, that count. And we had this long discussion about whether or not that counted as discrimination. Um So just on that uh, and what's your like how, first of all, I mean, how long have you you've always rocked the giant afro since I've known you, but how long have you rocked it and what's your like background? Oh yeah, I just, should totally give yeah. some background. Yeah, no no yeah. So I stopped straightening my hair and I was think 15 years old so I've been wearing it like this for about 13 years now um and it like at the time it was just purely like I fucking hated going to the salon just like I hated sitting in a chair for hours and getting my scalp burned and just like and like and straightening my hair was a way to become invisible like just to fit in to get to like keep it low-key it wasn't like I felt like it, it was an expression of who I was nor did I really feel like an afro was an expression of who I was I was just fucking sick of just you know, every month or whatever, getting all these chemicals and in, in my hair and all this shit. And so it just stopped. It just kind of like out of rebellion, like just fuck you guys. I don't do this anymore. But like, I didn't, I wasn't aware of like the, like, you know, the ties of like natural hair and as like symbolism within the civil rights movement or anything like that. People started telling me, Oh, you look like Angela Davis. I don't know who the fuck that was. Um, like I was just like, it's kind of almost more of like a, a punk emo sort of thing. I was just like, fuck authority, bro. Yeah. Like, ah, do what there I wasn't want. necessarily like a cultural identifier. No, 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 yet. no. It was just like, yeah, me being an angsty little bitch and like just not wanting to deal with like, yeah, the, 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 like all this effort that put in, I put into like disappearing at school, you know, yeah. every day. Um, and then I've just wanted to like this ever since because, yeah, I just didn't, don't. I mean, I, I, I value salons as like a, a therapeutic environment. Like, I understand what the place they hold in my in like our culture, but like personally for me, it's just easier to not like worry. Oh, when am I gotta book my appointment and yeah. pay a hundred dollars and da da da? I just like you know get up, wash it, brush it. It yeah. goes like this, and then I just live my life, and I just don't think about it. I just don't care. Yeah. Uh, but well, that freedom, I mean- that freedom to not care, the freedom to whether it's like oh. You know, you can go to your job interview and your dreadlocks and not be worried about it. You can wear your hair natural and afro and not worry about it. You can wear a weave and not worry about it. Like that, that I think is at the essence of what the, this act is meant to accomplish. That, but, that, in terms of like freedom, you know. I mean, I, I have, I have like some other questions, but I guess we should, uh, we should let them know. We're, we're gonna get more in depth into this sure, stuff we'll talk and about everything it, yeah. after the jump. Yeah. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. So I'm wondering if you know, and please stop me if we get into it. Okay. But so how do they enforce it, or what's the plan to like enforce it? So in my research on the Crown Act at the federal level, like they they repeatedly say like, oh, the b- bill outlines um, methods of enforcement. Um, if you give me a second, I will actually um, the bill. Because like, Here if is. if an employer. Like, for example, if they're going to discriminate against somebody who has dreadlocks, but then, like, somebody can come in with, like, a mohawk, a white person come in with a mohawk and do an interview. And that's, like, a clear-cut example. You know what I mean? But what happens when there's not that clear-cut example? And how do you, like, I'm wondering, like, how do they determine when it's just... Yeah, it is interesting that it is specifically focused on hairstyles that are linked to racial or ethnic identity and so it does not like if you get discriminated against on the basis of i have pink hair and that might actually then be something that we might discuss later i wanted to talk a little bit about you know how shakari richardson sort of inspired a lot of people with having a very unconventional personal style in general um but like she had orange hair that's not necessarily something that isn't like inherent to black culture something that people seek out as like a black thing but because she is a black woman it might be looked upon differently than if she was a white woman um there's interesting implications there but with regards to enforcement um the federal the federal bill says that if you're discriminated against for federally assisted programs so like if you are if you are participant in public housing or any other sort of um I don't know, WIC, SNAP, programs like that, and someone tries to deny you on the basis of, you know, your dreads look gross or something. Um, They say it should be enforced by the same means as if um, it was a part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So there's like a precedent set. That could vary from state to state, I'm assuming. um, Yeah, probably vary to state to state. It says, you know, within the same jurisdiction as would be enforced if it were a part of the Civil Rights Act. Um, but, uh, what was I going to say? Um, so yeah, same thing with like housing programs. Um, you know, it, it, it would be, um, enforced with the same measures as would any other infraction under the Fair Housing Act. And so it sort of tucks it into, um, some of these other pieces of legislation that already exist mm. in terms of exi- existing enforcement mechanisms rather than like piloting coming something. Coming up with new ones. Yeah, yeah. And interesting, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 um, actually did um, it did protect, I mean, it prohibited, prohibited discrimination based on race, but only protected against discrimination against Afros specifically. I guess it's mm. like this fucking stereotypical like well, black. that that was like as as much as the imagination went for, for, for uh, like yeah, black hairstyles. Like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, like they they see the yeah with the. It's, it's either Caesar or Afro. The, yeah, exactly. And so some of the more the, some of the protective hairstyles like locks, twists, braids, um, and I guess I mean we could get into this a little back and forth about like whether like weaves count because this what is this one example where this girl. Got kicked. I mean, she had like she had extensions. Let's say uh, so they were I meant see. to look like natural hair, but it wasn't her natural hair. And even so, I mean, I guess that one. Which is, kinda I mean, got to see a picture. I mean, yeah, the whole thing. And- the whole thing is the whole premise. I just whatever it is that we you know end up getting into. I just want my position is the whole premise of it is whack. Somebody's hairstyle isn't determinative determinative of who they are as a person. You know, something about their personality or what type of worker they are, what type no. of student they're going no. to be. All of that shit. So, 
Wait, wait. Do you want to just you want to just get started? Oh sure. Yeah, we can we can just follow. Yeah, we're kind of jumping all around. Yeah, get, let's um, let's just let's get into it and then. So let's go get on. into where this bill comes from. So this bill or th- these bills rather, there's the federal one, and then there's various versions that have been passed at the state and municipal level. We've grown up stories of discrimination against black people with dreadlocks, twists, natural hair, or even shockingly weaves. Um, a study conducted by Dove found that black women are 80% more likely to change their hair, to, their natural hair, to conform to social norms or expectations at work. And that black women are 1.5 times more likely to be sent home from the workplace because of their hair. Um, I definitely got told, particularly when I was... Dove did a study on... So, yo, look, check this shit out. This is kind of wild, and I kind of find it a little suspect, but, like, I think I'm down. So, Dove is, like, the leader of this political coalition... Of uh, the National Urban League, Color of Change, Western Center on Law and Poverty, to like pass the Crown Act. Like they are championing the passage of the Crown Act federally. Um, if you go to the, the Crown Act website, they give you information on, on there's like model legislation, there's sign and petition, there's it gives you a link to email your senator, there's other resources. So like they're like it's I, I like I personally have never seen a fucking corporation like lead the charge on passing legislation like this before. It's kind of like creepy and gross. I'm like, oh. I just did a, I just did a Google search for uh, Dove hair study and like a bunch of stuff about the Crown Act that's coming up. Yeah, so. they, yeah, they did research into um, both perceptions and, and changes and attitude or like the, the things that people have actually done as well as like fears that people have about discrimination in their workplaces. I don't see what insidious motivation there could be. So, I mean, it seems like yeah, it's and, and, coming and, and, out of a good thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like you very frequently with, like, you know, corporate diversity initiatives, etc., you see them give money to organizations to do this kind of work, but perhaps this is more common than I realized. I just don't fuck with corporations that much, so I didn't, didn't dawn on me that they do this kind of shit all the time, but, a like, from amount, what I have... T- a good amount of this stuff is actually dated, like, back in 2019, so... They've been at it for a minute. Yes, before George Floyd. Yeah, they were out here before the George Floyd shit, yeah, and so it's like, they've been at it, and from what I can tell from their social media presence around the campaign, it's not like, you know, like, by Dove, you know, like, they're not promoting themselves, they just happen to be a partner in this work, mm-hmm. which I just find really interesting. But anyway, so um, they did the, yeah, they did a study, um, you know, f- around, uh, you know, behavioral changes that black women often have to make or feel they have to make in order to fit in in the workplaces. And then actual punitive action that's been taken against black women, you know, black women being sent home from work more often. Um, I definitely felt pressure when I was going to become a teacher. Like, I got people tell me, it's like, who told me, like, you can't, you, you can't you can't be a teacher and look like that like straight up not like really? like not like at job interviews but when i was like consulting with people in the profession yeah like most i mean it was, honestly i mostly got it from like white guys but um but they were like yeah no that's not gonna work and then it I mean, then it did but that but that alone when you but do you think you they know, were telling you do you think they were telling you in terms of like what they thought or what they thought the reaction was gonna be exactly so um not necessarily on the basis of anything they had seen with regards to workplace policy it was probably their own racism um but even hearing that like that's enough to dissuade someone like mm. and, and as we'll get into a little bit later in the episode like mm, maybe i won't apply for that job or like oh there's no way they'll let me work there you know look you know or or enough to change your style like legit change the way you look because you're and, and scared it, of what might happen it it sucks but it's just like you know there's just other things that it's like that same sort of thing applies to like for example it's no secret i smoke you know what i mean yeah and i've always had to navigate from jobs that drug tests it's always been like hey man that job would be cool but i'm weighing it out and it's like it's not really worth me changing my style (laughs) you know what i Uh mean To, to go work there but if i personally know that if i was in a situation to where i had to have that job or my choices were more limited Hey, I might have to stop smoking in order to pay the light bill, and that's a, a decision I have to make. It's like from a cultural aspect, it sucks because that shouldn't even be the case. You know what I mean? It should not be the case. No, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's interesting with that, um, like that both of these things, both hairstyle and um, consumption habits, could be seen as a lifestyle choice. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like protective hairstyles for like black hair. 
it's not really a choice. Like if you to keep your hair healthy, if you're trying to like grow it out, if you're trying to prevent breakage, etc., like you kind of you kind of got to do it. And that's like, no offense, the- you could like you said, you could stop smoking weed if you really had to. Yeah. But like you kind of got to wear like your braids, you know, if you're going to keep your hair healthy. Exactly. It's, I mean, I just but don't people understand. From out, yeah, people from outside the culture don't, just don't understand that. And so yeah. like employers like, well, why don't you just choose to cut your dreadlocks off to work here? Like it's not that big deal. It's like actually I mean, but both of these, I would say they're in the same category of like, no, this is actually a big deal. Like, this is my, you know. Yeah. Lifestyle choices should not be impediments to your, because it doesn't. We definitely got to do some some work, like, culturally. But, I mean, I think we're, like, a generation away. Again. You know what I mean? It's just God, like tattoos. A long Yo, time. When I yeah. when I first, it's crazy to think that it's like when I first got into the, like, job market as, like, a, a young adult, like, oh, man, all right, I'm looking for a job. It was still a thing of, oh, man, you've got that tattoo on your forearm. I know, yeah. You better cover that up. Like, that was still a thing. So I, it's not even ancient history, but I've watched in the last 15 years that it's every job that I go to, there's people with full sleeves and tattoos on their neck and stuff, and no one really cares. But again, I'm in Savannah, but things like, you know, the, the Crown Act even happening, I think those move the the pendulum of that sort yeah. of thing. But on the topic of like, oh, why don't you just cut your dreads off? I mean, there's famous examples recently. A woman by the name of Chastity Jones got into a 10-year legal battle after she says an employer at a call center in Alabama took back her job offer because she refused to cut her dreadlocks. Which, like, working in a call, like, working in a call center, are you fucking, like... Exactly. If you're working you- in fine dining, like, I already can't, like, really excuse it, but, like, I sort of understand where you're coming from because you're, like... That's kind of the only place the I understand it, really, is, the, yeah, is like, all, restaurant then, work. Barely, is like- yeah. Um, but in a call center, you're literally not even seeing anyone face-to-face. Yeah. Ten years she fought with them over uh, their rescinded job offer in that regard. And then we see it frequently in schools as well, black students are disciplined at a rate four times higher of any other racial or ethnic group. And research has found that 70% of these suspensions um, are discretionary and that many of them actually stem from dress code violations, which in turn can include unapproved hairstyles. So um, another one example, in, in 2018, um, a Louisiana sixth grade grader was kicked off school grounds because her, um, like her braid extensions violated school policy. Um, you know, the her elementary school uh, had a policy that states that only that students can only wear their natural hair, which is kind of like the reverse of what we have been talking about with regards to this act. Yeah, they said in a statement that they offered her family an opportunity to comply with the uniform and dress policy, but her family chose to withdraw the student. The student was not as suspended or expelled, which I don't really think is that much better because it's like. They would have suspended her, probably, for a violation of this policy. Her family chose to not put her through that and took her out of school. Um, But again, you know, extensions, like if you're growing your hair out um, and it's not quite yet the length you're trying to get it at, but you want to emulate a more natural hairstyle like braids, you know, you just get get braid extensions. Um, was it, so is it like a private school or something like that? Yeah, it was like a it was like a private Christian school or something. Uh. Um, and so another example, a little uh, somewhat, you know, I think it pushes the limits of what we understand this act to do. But um, ultimately, yeah, I mean, it does protect against discrimination against hairstyles that are associated with your racial or ethnic group. That included if you have if you have. Um, Extensions that emulate like a black hairstyle or, you know, are you know affiliated with black culture, that yeah. too, I think, is encompassed in the protections that this bill would offer. Well, I mean, dress codes definitely historically have, have been used to, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, on to covertly discriminate against ethnic groups and stuff like that. So... Oh, for sure. The whole framework of professionalism is a, like, classist and white supremacist concept, I think. Like, I mean, just, like, what we deem professional is on is based on, like, white, middle class, upper middle class, yeah. like, you know, Western norms um, that don't actually have anything to do, as you said earlier, with your ability to enact the functions of the job professionally. You but know? what do you think about what I said earlier about, like, how we're most likely, like, a generation away? 
I agree. I agree. I mean, I think it with the passage of acts like these that then allow us to break down the cultural barriers and open opportunities for those those um for that cultural education like oh once people start working together with folks of different who have different hairstyles and come to learn more about the maintenance the history the functionality like why these things are this way it's not dirty it's, it's this on way on purpose and this is how I, you know it works then um yeah i think like in a generation people won't care anymore yeah. and we won't even probably won't even need the legislation anymore exactly. but we have to knock just because like from a cultural standpoint exactly yeah we have to break the door down someplace so so uh, I guess let's get into this other story right up. So a few months later, a wrestling official told New Jersey high school athlete, athlete Andrew Johnson who'd have to cut his dreadlocks in order to compete. Johnson opted to cut his hair and compete. The video incident shows the trainer cutting his dreadlocks as people in the gymnasium watched. Which I remember I like seeing it's that. So just so dehumanizing. So dehumanizing. Just like everybody standing around watching you. Get your hair cut off in the middle of a school gym? Bruh. Honestly, though, actually, it's really funny. In one uh, article on this story that I found, yeah, um, the referee in question in 2016 was accused of calling a black referee. Oh, man. <laughs> and then he got body slammed to the there ground. You, there you go. There you um, go. So, yeah, this guy probably wasn't, like, yeah. super cool or anything. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, there you go. Because it just... It's, it's it's again. It's it's one of those things where it's like, man, I've never heard of that. That doesn't seem like a thing. Why wouldn't you just have him put his hair up if that was the issue at all? That, it's like, just hatred. I mean, you can't be like, cut your hair, boy. Like right there in the middle of everybody. Like, nigga, we see you. It's on camera and shit. Like, I like, know. Like, yeah. Like, like you're laying that shit on a little thick. You know what I'm saying? It's like the different forms of racism and shit. You got like the oh dear, I don't feel safe with that black guy in the neighborhood racism. And then you got like that weirdo, we are the master race racism. That's like that sort of shit, like cut your dreads now. I know, yeah. But thankfully, the the athlete, uh, he, did, he did cut his hair, sadly, but he went on to win the match by takedown, which you honestly do love to see. <laughs> and then the New Jersey Division of Civil Rights and the New Jersey State Intergalactic Athletic Association investigated the incident and benched the referee for the duration of the investigation. So Okay, so at least I yeah. had a somewhat good ending to it, but it sucks yeah. he had to cut his shit. But yeah. okay, so let's uh, talk about uh, Shikari Richardson. Yeah, speaking uh, of athletes and hair. So, so her issue is like, uh, I, you know, in all honesty, I haven't really heard too many, you know, too, but too much commentary about her hair. But again, I wasn't really following her until the whole thing with weed because... It's me. But, it's like, um, weed? Wait, what, weed? <laughs> exactly. weed, about weed now? But, um, yeah, no, so, I mean, it's like, but it's like, obviously, the way that she wears her hair in the sport that she's in, you know, it obviously makes her stand out. Yeah, like, the, from the others. combination of, like, the tattoo, she got the long nails, she got the orange hair. But, yeah, those, the, and like, she you happens know, to be dope. You yeah, know, so it's like if she fastest woman in the United States of America. Yeah. So have have people been talking about her hair like negatively or something? Yeah, I mean, well, I think I, I, I think a lot of people found it really inspiring that you know rather than like there, there's something about athleticism where it's like it's not about how you look, it's about what you do with your body. Um, and so the fact that she could combine both in a way, like combining like aspects of personal style that. Ordinarily, it would be seen as very ratchet. Like, oh, she got, you know, long orange hair. She got these crazy nails, etc. But it's like, also, she can fucking outrun any of you bitches any day. And high as hell, probably, at the same time. Um, was like, really, I think uh, the stories like that really inspire people to be like, oh, you can be who you are and do dope shit at the same time. It's like, yeah. Well, the, the yeah, reason, can. the thing that makes me, um, you know, it feeds into also why I think it's like we're a generation away from that. It's like, you know, I watch basketball a lot. And again, it's like I, I was I was watching basketball where like in the late 90s and shit. Oh, yeah. Everybody's hair. Everybody was either bald headed or had a Caesar or like a little a fro, a little bit of a fro or something like that. But Allen Iverson was, you know, one of the first ones to come in and have the cornrows in his shit. And he would get, like, different configurations of cornrows at yeah, different times. Yeah, he get the designs and shit, yeah. But again, he was feeding off of 
what Dennis Rodman did before him, who was yeah. coming in with the colorful hair when you know, and yeah. Dennis Rodman was doing it when really nobody, nobody was doing was anything doing interesting. Yeah. Nobody was rocking tattoos like that yeah. or anything like that. I think things like that trickled down and into society. I think. You I know. think so too. I, I that and that, that that like weaves its way into my personal ethos around like style and professionalism and like my job as an elected official. Like I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll like dress up if I have to, but like when I go to community events and stuff, I very frequently just like wear what I wear, you know, like yeah. baggy hoodies and just like stuff I wear at a hip hop show because I think it's really important for the people I represent, especially the children in the in the district, to know that you can just like look how you look and how you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. um, and represent where you come from culturally, and also just kick ass at whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, like uh, rather than reinforce the uh, notion that like you can only be good at your job if you look a certain way it's like oh no like actually I spend more time focusing on legislation that makes the community better than I do like oh you know do is my weave good and yeah. like my heels on fleek and shit because that does it does that doesn't impact the quality anybody's of life work. I mean it's all, well, yeah but it's all part of normalization I think that's kind of what you do you know what I mean it's it's like right it's, I think and, normalization is important and, and that's be, how it, we're gonna get there in a generation it might seem incremental but at the end of the day it all compiles on and it all means something it's like it's important that there's a politician like you doing what you're doing because that you know how however big that will be a point of reference years from now when the next person wants to get in exactly and it was important for Dennis Rodman to do his thing so Alan Iverson exactly. could do his thing and it was important for Shakari to do her thing so, so that, that the next one years, can do this 10 thing. years from now the whole US team be looking just you know <laughs> authentic as hell whatever that exactly. means to them, to them without exactly. without question because they're like oh, no I'm focused on being the fastest motherfucker out here and I'm not focused on what y'all think I'm supposed to look like or I'm, I'm out here trying to win some motherfucking basketball <laughs> I do not care if y'all think the designs of my cornrows are like goofy or whatever it's a beautiful thing but um Let's move on to discuss some um, state-level versions of the legislation, um, which have been adapt- adopted in, I think, 13 states at this point. California, New Jersey, New York, California, oh, I said that twice. Okay, uh, California, California, New Jersey, New York, Virginia, Colorado, Washington, Maryland, Connecticut, New Mexico, Delaware, and Nebraska. Some of these are kind of struck me as surprising. Like, Nebraska? I, I mean, I, know, I didn't know y'all had black people in Nebraska. Didn't well, I you mean, it's like, I would imagine the black people in Nebraska probably feel... Oh, they feeling it. Oh, they need. Oh, they need. They're like, please protect us, please. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then several other states have similar bills in the works. And municipalities as well as well have taken it upon themselves to pass ordinances banning hair discrimination in the absence of state action. Um, one such place um, is Louisville, Kentucky, which I think passed um, Crown Act legislation earlier this year. Um, in part due to a hip-hop song produced by some middle schoolers who we had the pleasure of speaking to a few months back. Um, they called themselves the Young Prodigies, and they had a song called Crown and a TikTok challenge that went with it where um, they encouraged viewers um, and content creators to show off all the various hairstyles they like to rock. Um, and, you know, just kind of be proud of it. And the, the lyrics, they talk about my curls, my twists, my puffs, yeah. my braids. Uh, let's actually uh, play a little bit of it, um, if we could, for a second. So in March, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley of uh, Massachusetts 7 District, Bonnie Watson Coleman of New Jersey 12, Barbara Lee of California 13, Ilyan, Ilyan Omar of Minnesota 05, and Gwen Moore of Wisconsin 04 announced reintroduction of creating a respectful and open world for natural hair, which is a crown act, in the House of Representatives. Simultaneously releasing a letter sent to Vice President Kamala Harris, urging her to use the platform as the first black woman to hold that office to help ensure the bill reaches the president's desk in Congress. Senator Cory Booker, a Democrat from New Jersey, we all know him, also announced reintroduction of the Crown Act in the Senate. So the Crown Act passed in the House this last year, but it still awaits a vote in the Senate. So, you know, shout out to Senator Booker for trying to bring that to the floor. What do you think the chances um, are? I, I, mean, I mean, we all know that it's we're not it's not exactly the 
I, I think the if they things won't like even this make fucking Juneteenth. If they vote against making Juneteenth a holiday, bro, like they like they don't fucking care about hair discrimination. They're not gonna believe it happens. Not well, I think this. I think. Happens. I think issues like this is unfortunately it's it's exactly what you know the sort of fight that they would want. I think sure. the, the Republicans would want because this is they're going to be have like, no oh, policy. they're dividing us by exactly you know, dividing us by race. And it's like, this is critical race theory. This is wokeness. <laughs> this is you know what I yeah. mean. It's like pretty much that's that's kind of their thing is to try to define everything that involves being a decent human being as woke. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Um, so but, um, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. It's been reintroduced. I don't know how many times. I, think, I guess it, I mean I guess it's been up for discussion since 2019, so they reintroduce it, you know, every house session. Um, so they they brought it back to 2021. We'll see, but you know they got infrastructure to deal with, voting rights, somewhat There's priorities. Important. Exactly. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be super mad if they don't get to this till like December. You know, <laughs> That's cool. Let's, let's, let's uh, take a little bit and listen to you talking with uh, the young prodigy about their uh, TikTok challenge. We are here with the Young Prodigies, a rap group out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And rather than try to have me give an introduction to y'all, because I think, you know, it's really powerful to give the youth their own voice. I wanted to see if you wanted to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where this project came from. So, uh, Keyshawn, if you would uh, give us a little intro into who the Young Prodigies are. My name is Keyshawn, a.k.a. Lucky, the newest member of the Real Young Prodigies. What a prodigy is, is a highly talented child or a young person gifted with exceptional abilities. And like we all have our own different styles and we all are very good at writing, performing, uh, just speaking about injustice situations and changing the world with our voice and rapping. Um, my name is Andrene, but I go by oh, name Breezy. Um, and I'm like the second oldest young prodigy here. And I'm 14. Um, yeah, it comes with uh, aka Juju. I uh, like basketball and baseball, and I go to WB Boys Academy. What's up, y'all? My name is Renee, aka Drippinville, because I'm always drippy, you know what I'm saying. And I am the youngest member of the Real Young Prodigies, but I've been in this group since kindergarten. I really would have been in it since preschool, but I was a little bit too young. So, uh, my name is Deanna. AKA Ray, okay. Um, I'm the second youngest of the Red Gun Prodigies. Um, I'm 11 years old, turned 12 in one month. Um, I go to Grace James Academy of Excellence. And I will. And I'm a young entrepreneur in my line, and my mom of my boat called, called Boat by Red. Um, my name is Devon. My rap name is Kodani. I've been in the Young Prodigies the longest, so the oldest member. I'm 15. I've been in the Young Prodigies for seven years. All right, so thank you all so much for giving an intro into who you all are individually. Devon, while we have you here as the oldest and longest standing member of the Real Young Prodigies, could you t- talk to us a little bit about where this project came from? Okay, so the Young Prodigies, it was like, I'm pretty sure nobody expected it to go like, as far as it did or get um, as serious as it did. It started as more of a project, like an actual school project when I was in like fourth grade at Wheatley Elementary and Nini was my teacher for my writing class and she wanted us to do a project for something that we had coming up called Phyllis Wheatley Day. And she asked us who wanted to make a rap for the for the day so I was the only girl on the carpet it was like me and like four or five other boys and I killed it like we wrote a song called Phyllis We Love Words um from there we started taking it more seriously people have came and gone in the group we started doing more performances um after the day that we performed we figured out our name which is the Young Prodigies now we like perform locally and like it's just grown a lot since then. So talk, talk to me a little bit about the inspiration behind y'all's newest hit and uh, what y'all are advocating for, what y'all calling for. It all started when we all was in a writing session. The big kids were doing their thing with their new song that's really coming out. I don't know when. But um, 
So basically, me and Renee and Miss Nareen, or AKA Nini. Um, so we so we started brainstorming what we love about ourselves, and then we started and we all said our hair. So that really get inspiration. That's really going into the crowd. And other thing is that the crown act will really help us and we're really trying to get the crown act passed into Louisville, Kentucky. And also we're trying to get Ayanna Presley who filed the crown act in Washington, D.C. So we, so, so the young party is so we got a peaceful process in Washington, D.C. And, um, yeah. And I really started and when I heard when, um, Miss Annika Sky, which we all love her, we all know her, that we all love who filed the crown act. That's how we get, that's how we all get started. And then me and we start doing all these research about the crown act and we see how everybody gets discriminated by their hair. And I was like, what? By textures, by skin color. And I was really frustrated about that. And so we just started to get around. So the crown act is basically letting you be free and walking around knowing that you're not gonna get fired or you're not gonna get suspended for the hair that you're in or the skin that you're in. And a lot of people, actually Caucasian people, have gotten a notice that you can't do this if your hair is this way. So like, they come wear mullets if they play baseball. So it's kind of like the same with us. We can't, They at Butler, they had a list of what we couldn't wear. And as you could tell, it is all black hair. We should just be proud of our hair. That's how I'm gonna say that. Like, there's no reason that we should have to do different things to our hair just to make somebody else happy. If we're happy with the way our hair looks, that it shouldn't matter to anybody else. People should uplift and not put people down about their hair. Crown stands for creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. So making it to where black men and women feel comfortable wearing their natural hair and cannot be discriminated against wearing their natural hair in a school environment or in a workplace and society in general. But make sure you subscribe to our YouTube and like our videos and comment and share. Uh, and you can find us on YouTube at The Real Young Prodigies. <laughs> I just wanted, we wanted to say thank you. It's an honor to have you here. I, I, the honor is all mine. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciate y'all's time and y'all's advocacy. You're very inspiring and you're going to inspire thousands of people. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide-open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there. All 
right. Are those some those some uh, dope little dope kids? Would you? What was your impression of them? Yeah. So I mean, they're from my hometown. Um, I'm really excited to see like the way they you know the way they progress as they get older. A lot of them are in middle school or early high school, um, but they've already made a lot of waves um, politically. With you know the other song reparations, have I shown you that? Did we talk about that? No, I we, did. we did. I think we. I, I, I may be on a reparations episode. A while ago. A while ago. Okay. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen their music video for reparations, it's fucking bananas. It <laughs> okay. is bananas. Okay. Um, and then yeah, with their advocacy through this TikTok challenge, raising awareness about the Crown Act, um, and using performances as like an opportunity to. Um, bring people together for you know uh, direct action to lobby their legislators. They they were actually successful in passing a version of the Crown Act in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, word! Um, and they also went and they performed and like lobbied at the state capitol to get the state law passed. And so it's like it's really dope what they're doing for young people, for you know people this young. And an example of how hip hop can be used to raise social awareness about you know like I feel like very popular themes are you know police brutality mass incarceration but like very specific pieces of public policy like banning hair discrimination you know I think the fact they're already deviating from some of those um, those like core themes in hip hop and focus on like more niche public policy like I think that holds a lot of promise for their future both as advocates and artists just to like have a very distinct lane of like shit they talk about. It's pretty cool. That's, that's what's up. Yeah, you love to see the youth doing doing that shit. You love to see it You're in a dope do. way. <laughs> um, our next song up for discussion is Indiare's "I Am Not My Hair" featuring Akon. Um, I think that uh, I mean, in addition to I, there's two things about the song that I think. Well, should we just go ahead and listen to it? Yeah, let's check it out real quick. Then I couldn't get no job. Corporate wouldn't hire no dreadlocks. Then I thought about my dog. Yeah, dope. I do remember that track. Yo, Indy Ari had some bangers back in the day. I hope she's thriving. We're to, uh, she's uh, we're both uh, Savannah College of Art and Design alumni. Oh, wait, yeah. that's some shit. Yeah, oh, she's, she's still okay. got a scad back in the day. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, no, so the song is uh, kind of like about reclaiming your identity and realizing that you're more than the shell that makes you up, I guess. But the beginning, she has like a... At least that's what I took away from it, yeah, especially with yeah. the hook. But the beginning, she does have a... Um, a, a you know, good string of, of lyrics where she's talking about how she was, her hair was like the source of ridicule. But then, yeah. you know, as she got older and around 18, she just started, you know, going natural and kind of yeah, getting more comfortable. Yeah, she gives a very, very distinct chronology of events of just like when she. That she got older. Like yeah, like 97 it was dreads. This yeah. year it was this. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. I, I dig that. I mean, it sounds kind of like maybe little, like might hit a little bit close to home for you in terms of like it does i mean i have some rap lyrics about like my own trajectory like when i was you know 15 shows to stop straightening what that decision uh, meant for me etc um but the thing about this song really like the, and the statement i am not my hair that i find really interesting is that like yes you are not your hair you are what you choose to do with like your talents your mind your body um if that's you know you're able to run fast or dribble great or time management or whatever da 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 like you are those things and people should value those things over what they see immediately about you but i feel like that could also be pretext for someone to say oh if you're not your hair then why is it a big deal if you cut it to come work for me i mean how do you, you know how do you I mean? feel about how do you feel about that that paradox and so the, at the same is time there point, like, is well, there a point to it I, I feel like it's like it's somewhat of a problematic statement because it's like no you are it's okay that you are your hair too like they're like it, these things can, need to coexist because yes people should see your the value you bring to your workplace or your school or your church or your team um, beyond what you look like but if what you look like is important to you like it's okay to claim I am my hair too like I am I am my afro I am my dreads like this is something that's really important to me that I'm proud of and that I like claim um as I, yeah I feel like it is kind of a, like it it uh there is a paradox underlying that statement that seems very innocuous oh yeah I'm not my hair but it's actually can be used as ammo but another thing I think is interesting about this song as uh, Akon touches on a really really like 
powerful point um, about the the relationship between policing of hairstyle and like economic marginalization, cultural marginalization with like deeper impacts. He says corporate wouldn't hire no dreadlocks. Then I thought about my dogs from the block, kind of understand what they chose to steal and rob. So like people like from getting pushed out of schools for adherence to like hip hop or you know our, you know black hairstyles, black manners of dress, of speech, etc., push out from the workplace as uh, you know, then following as follow, you know following from that something people are socialized into assuming or you know normalizing, and then it's a part of it's not, maybe not the biggest part of, but it it does kind of form this overall like uh framework or i guess you could say in which people choose not to be participate in mainstream culture they're yeah. like if i gotta cut my dreadlocks off to go work at the poultry plant or go work in corporate or i fear that they might why don't why not why not just like sell drugs instead or become a rapper instead exactly. where i can just authentically be myself yeah it's those it's like those little things that like happen throughout society that just make it harder for you to do stuff it's death by a thousand <laughs> you know what cuts I mean? yeah. exactly. it might not be the biggest form of discrimination but it is it is a form of discrimination but, and it but adds you pile to the, all these layers together and then suddenly it's like well no fucking wonder people hanging on the block selling crack like, exactly it's like if you're it's like a you're like it's like if you're living in a less than ideal situation and your neighborhood is this and the school system was this and then on top of that you can't this job wants you to you know you're like nah. no fuck that shit exactly you're like that's the straw that breaks the camel's back we're like nah i ain't yeah. doing it yeah and so i think i mean and i i had this like thing about famous hair and hip-hop we can skip over i think yeah let's just go like to the mario right one after this one but yeah, so we talked a little bit about uh, both how hip-hop has been used for advocacy around the Crown Act, uh, why it's needed, as I kind of outlined by um, Akon and the IRE. But then there's this therapeutic nature of like embracing your hair that we didn't really get into this episode that I think is laid out really well in Mario's Braid My Hair, which I braid fucking loved back in the day. I love this song so much. Come I love on that and braid It's such a jam. Hair. Such a smooth jam. Let's play a little bit. Can't wait for you to braid my hair. When we, get, we were talking about like, oh, I'm not my hair or am I my hair a little bit earlier with reference to NDRE. I mean, it's not just like, the way I look when I go out in the world. It's also like these cultural, these rituals that are that deeply tied to black culture that go with go with the way your hair looks. So mm-hmm. like the act of getting your hair braided, the act of going to the salon, the act of going to the barbershop or, you know, having your like, you know, your wash day or whatever that are like very, you know, inherent to who you are and who your community is. Yeah. That I think he touches on here that make it so that, like, no, I am my hair. I am... I, you know, do the shea butter, I, you know, I get the, I have the bonnet and the satin pillow at night so it stays nice and soft. Like, all these things that I do around my hair are also me, and that's cool, too, and that's why I embrace it, that I think is really kind of cool about this song in a wider context. Well, shit, it makes me want to fucking rap about, rap about my hair. I make, it makes you me rap feel kind of, I kind of feel angry and definitely want to rap about my hair. <laughs> yeah, Yo, you, you want to rap? Okay, let's do it. Yo, Joel, can we get a beat? Oh. Ooh. Oh. Get him. Satin bought a hell yeah, rock some little box braids, throw back Jerry Curl, little hot top fade. Ooh. I felt luscious bitch and looking like a head of rock lane, maybe like a mighty octopus the way your locks swing. Don't really matter however you wanna style it, you could be a doctor, yeah. you could be a pilot. Uh. When it lets you carry if you're trying to get to my lid, you're dribbling in circles, running circles like your eyes are When our hairstyles are misjudged and frowned at, remember these bars, let them play like a soundtrack. Never back down, cause you ought to be proud that we ain't taking shit, yeah, we passing the crown act. Hey, this hey. Is dope knife. It's Lingua Franca. And we are waiting on reparations. See you guys next week. Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. 
Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.